Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello one and all and welcome to Book Off, the literary podcast with a difference. I'm Joe Haddo and wherever you are in the world, I hope you are well. You had a good week? Yeah, mm, me too. Well, whatever the weather's been like, whatever has happened at work, whoever's really annoyed you, I hope for the next 30 minutes or so, you'll be able to forget all about it and them. Because in this episode, we're talking books, we're talking reading, we're talking love, friendships and everything in between and joining me for our episode are two wonderful authors who'll be going head to head in a war of the words a little later on my first guest is the sunday times best-selling author of 17 probably 18 novels including the beach cafe an almost perfect holiday and anything could happen and here to tell us about her latest novel i think it's the 18th she'll be able to tell me it's called <laughs> the best days of our lives lucy diamond hello Hello, and you're correct, it's the 18th. Well done, that's a good start. Thank you very much, got my facts right. And my second guest today started writing fiction whilst working at the NHS. Since becoming a full-time author, she's written over 25 Sunday Times bestsellers and sold over 13 million copies of her books. Those novels include Should I Tell You, maybe this time, and You and Me, always here to tell us about her new novel, Promise Me, it's Jill Mansell. Hello, Jill. Hi, Joe. It's lovely to be here. Lovely to be here with you. And I was going to do the um, introductions, but actually you two know each other, don't you? Lucy, Jill, Jill, Lucy. <laughs> we do. We do You're we old do. mates. <laughs> Not that old, thank you very much. <laughs> <but> we <laughs> Boy mates, yeah. <laughs> authorly mates, I should have said. You're authorly mates. Um, it's lovely to have you both here through the power of Zoom. Um, and over the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to talk about your new books. We're going to talk about your writing, get some reading recommendations from you. And of course, we'll do the book off uh, where your friendship will be tested. And each of you gets three minutes <laughs> to tell us about a book that you absolutely love and think that and we'll we end up never read. having lunch together again <laughs> we won't it's all over jill <laughs> no i can't i can't imagine it for a second you'll be <laughs> after after the competition is over you know there might be a 24 hour period of no, no speaking but i think you'll be you know <laughs> best of friends again after that we can get over it <laughs> um jill can i start with you and, and talk about um promise me we did uh, an event together didn't we a few weeks ago which I absolutely loved and we talked about this book um and I remember asking you then and I'm going to ask you now 
because you're always on the lookout for for new ideas and as an author you you're intrigued by situations and people how did the sort of premise for this one come about um, well, I'm sort of like a meerkat when it comes to looking for new ideas. And also, after writing so many books, you're sort of looking for just anything that you haven't done before, because there's nothing worse than people saying, oh, the books are just a bit samey. Um, you, you're always looking for a situation and, and this is a new one for you. And I, I like to go around scouting for locations around the Cotswolds, particularly because that's close to where I live. And I visited uh, a little gorgeous little market town called Nailsworth, which is one of my favourite places. And I suddenly really felt, oh, this is this is the feeling that I want in my book. So the place in my book is much smaller. It's more like a, a large village than a small town, but it has these big houses. It's down in a valley and it has these big houses up on the hill. And you see one of these houses and you think, who lives there? What's the view like looking down over the town? and seeing everybody going about their business, if they've got binoculars. Um, <laughs> and, and I just got the feeling, this is it. This is where I've got to set the next book. I don't use real locations anymore because people criticize you and tell you you've got it wrong. So it's much easier <laughs> to invent a little place called Foxwell, which I did. And, uh, and I, I saw this really lonely looking man walking a dog and I, I just spend my life going around thinking, who are they? Who are these people? I want to go up and interview, interview absolutely everybody I, I see in the street, really. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, I haven't used before a, a really sort of grumpy octogenarian. He's grumpy for a reason, but nobody knows that reason. And um, so then he obviously, he's wealthy. He lives in the big house up on the hill. He meets this girl by chance, girl, young woman, and takes a, a bit of a liking to her, which is a rare thing for him. He doesn't really like people at all. And he has his work cut out persuading her to give up her job and go and work for him. Then her situation changes. She does end up moving down to this little place called Foxwell. And sort of she's made an offer she can't refuse. But I can't say that really because I've already had a book with that title. <laughs> <laughs> And so she ends up, as these books quite often do, you know, a girl in a new place with a new job and she's got her work cut out. She vows to try and cheer him up and make him happy and realise that life can be nicer if you're a bit more cheerful and outgoing and friendly to people instead of making everybody hate you. <laughs> so that was the, um, the original <laughs> idea, the premise and how it came about. And then I sort of, just spend the rest of my book thinking what can happen next okay what can happen next now what can happen next because I'm not a plotter I am a pantser um ah. yeah <laughs> so that that was it yeah I feel really happy in the in the company of pantsters if I'm honest you, because I'm <laughs> I'm one of them as well now I'm looking to Lucy to see if she's part of the Same. club or not absolutely great okay potters are goodness. weird potters are weird <laughs> And I also love the fact that you you don't use real places now, Jill, because a, a, an author friend of mine who made the mistake of using a real place quite recently uh, had a lot of the, uh, I think you'll find you can't turn right up that road because it's a one-way street. In, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's not worth it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but do people do sometimes look up 
my books, the, the places in my books, to, they say, oh, I want to go on holiday there. <laughs> <laughs> then they get cross and they can't because it's not real <laughs> um we'll come back uh, and talk a little bit more about that book jill and, and about the setting and everything but lucy could you perhaps just set up the story of the mackenzies for us in your new book the best days of our lives sure well this one is a bit of a weepy so if you fancy a good old cathartic sob, Joe, or anyone listening, then get yourself some tissues. Yeah, I've had my I've had my cathartic sob. Thank you very much for that. Okay. Um, yeah, and I I love big, messy, dysfunctional families. I think I grew up in one, and I just find families en- endlessly interesting in terms of you know there's always some beef, there's always you know drama in one way or another. Um, and coming out of lockdown, when I started writing this. Uh, well, I was feeling a bit battered and, you know, shocked like we all were. And I was really thinking, God, life is is so precious, isn't it? And um, thinking about lots of families who have gone through tough times um, in the last few years. And the Mackenzie family do go through a tough time. It's set over the course of a year. And they, in that time, they go through heartbreak, birth, death, um, falling in love, lots of secrets coming out. The main story is about what happens after Lenny, who's 35, comes off her bike in an accident and dies. And it's about the family sort of like trying to reconfigure themselves as a family, trying to pick up their lives after, you know, what's been really devastating. And they all go about it in quite um, different and not very good ways. So Belinda, Lenny's mum, she becomes obsessed with the clairvoyant, where I think she's just trying to hang on to any last bit of communication she can with her daughter, even though, you know, this woman is a fraud. Um, and then there's Tony, Lenny's dad. He's knocking on for 60 and about to become a dad again. So he has a bit of a journey where he sort of has to come to terms with the fact he's not been a very good dad up until now and thinks about, you know, can I do things differently? Then there's Alice, um, Lenny's sister, and she, at the start of the book, is very angry and sort of struggling. And she starts trying to collect all Lenny's friends, everyone who knew her, all their memories of Lenny as a, as a means of sort of like staying close to her sister. But finds out a few surprises along the way, things she didn't know about Lenny. And also there's a bit of a blast from the past that comes for um, Alice too, which sort of sets her story going in a completely different direction. And then finally, there's Will, the younger brother, who is sort of carrying a bit of guilt and shame about what happened to Lenny secretly. He's not told anyone. And he is in massive denial. He just goes off to Thailand thinking, right, I'm just going to put all that behind me. I'm going to live the dream and just not think about any of that. But as we all know, you can run away from these things, but they catch up with you eventually. So he has to do a bit of reckoning. Hopefully ends up being a really uplifting book (laughs) I I, if you finish all my books and you feel really miserable then I've not done my job properly because (laughs) I want my readers to finish a book thinking the world is a really good place and with really good people and that you know life can be really tough but people are amazing and resilient and you know we all model through and come out the other side of these things well, I think you absolutely achieved that, Lucy. And what I was going to ask both of you, actually, is how how do you approach balancing? I mean, certainly in the case of your new book, Lucy, but but 
also a bit for you, Jill. How do you balance the sort of, I don't know, the more poignant, moving moments and, and storylines with the humour? Because the humour does come through a bit and it helps lift us. Mm. So are you, I'll start with you, Lucy. Are you very conscious of that and, and of, of putting, you know, the lighthearted bits in as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to serve up a complete misery fest. So, and I think actually as Brits, we're often really good at finding humour in those dark moments, aren't we? With some, you know, dark humour and sarcasm and we sort of, we're quite good at laughing at ourselves. So even though, you know, the worst has happened at the start of the book, the characters, you know, they're never, obviously they're sad, but it's, yeah, humour definitely sort of keeps the book going and a sort of tension as well. There's, you know, having secrets to find out, that is a really good way to balance some darkness by sort of having a good narrative pull that will keep the reader reading yeah and what about you you Jill are you always looking for the the humor aren't you I don't think I'm looking for it it's just there right it's just life isn't it I worked in a neurological hospital for nearly 20 years so you are just walking between you know death and disaster and 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 joking at the same time I mean there's that sort of hospital slightly black humour sometimes but in any situation people do crack jokes even in serious moments and that's just that's just life so it just comes naturally to me I suppose when you're writing you you sort of swap it around a bit so you don't have Mm. sort of 15 chapters of misery total misery and then five chapters of hilarious (laughs) jokes (laughs) you just chop and change about just just as we do from day to day anyway and characters are so important for providing humour as well uh, and, and the light the lightheartedness of these books. But characters for you, Jill, are so, so important in general in terms of how you write your books and how they're received because you have to like your characters to be able to write them, don't you? Yes, I do. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I don't think I could write something about a serial killer, you know, a really serious book um, that was just miserable every day because I don't want to sit down every morning and be surrounded by all that kind of darkness so um i do i do i love my characters and sometimes there's bad naughty characters but they don't necessarily believe that they're bad or naughty or unpleasant they always have a reason inside their own head for doing what they do so um and again i think that's true to life as well so Mm. just make a a balance really yeah because i think that forgive me if, I, if I'm wrong, but I think feel-good fiction, if we're using that as a as an umbrella term, is in a really good place at the moment because we're all, many of us, are looking for that escapism, if you know what I mean. Yeah. We're looking to have a laugh and a smile and everything. And that comes back to what you were saying, Lucy, a bit of like, oh, there's a bit of doom and gloom in this book and it's a bit of a weepy, but ultimately we're talking about an uplifting story, aren't we? And I think we all need that. Oh, we do, especially in February, we do. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like a bit of escapism can just really take you out of whatever's going on um, in your real life. If you're having a bad day, if things are tough, just turn into a book where you trust the author and you feel like, okay, I know they're going to deliver me to a good place where I feel joyful and uplifted and I, you know, enjoy myself along the way. I think that is really wonderful. Yeah, definitely. All through lockdown, I read so many feel-good books that just sort of took me away from the grim reality on the news. (laughs) Yeah, and I think there's a lot of, well, there has been quite a lot of gritty sort of dramery things on the telly and, you know, box sets to to binge and stuff. And 
that's all well and good. Uh, I'm thinking of Happy Valley here, but like, mm. in the you can watch an episode of that and then suddenly just go right now. What now? What I need is to pick up a Lucy Diamond book or a Jill Manson book because <laughs> I need I need to completely flip this dark grittiness on its head. <laughs> yeah, and yes. and I think the things that um, amaze me most and thrill me the most is when I get a a letter or an email from somebody who just says a really personal thank you because reading my books got them through a really terrible time in their lives and that's yeah, that's amazing that's, that's just the best part of writing this kind of book I think yeah. mm, I agree no it's it's the it's it, yeah you're right it's the best it's so wonderful it really makes you feel like oh I've, I've helped somebody or I've you know made someone's day a little bit better I mean that's just such a lovely thing to to have as part of your job it's yeah. it's great and do you read in your own genre? Do you like reading, you know, obviously you read each other, your, your author mates, but um, do you read sort of in and around your genre? Or are you also having a little bit of crime thriller over here, maybe, or a bit of dystopian fiction over there? I read really wide. I don't really read science fiction. <laughs> I'm married to a sci-fi fan. Don't really oh, right. <laughs> but I read, I love crime thrillers, for instance. I read really widely. And I do too. And I used to read millions of what they used to call chick lit, chick lit. I hate that word. I hate the term, but it does explain roughly what it is. But uh, then I, I felt like a, a computer that had filled up to the brim and I just couldn't do it anymore. So now I'm I'm a bit sort of all over the place, like um, Lucy. I, I read um, thrillers and no science fiction <laughs> no science fiction no fantasy sadly I just can't get into it but also all sorts of things I mean the what they called women's contemporary fiction if it's good then I will I will read that mm. now um but yes it's nice to have a mixture it's of like course. some days I'll wear something pink and sometimes I'll wear something black it's, it's just <laughs> you just want to ring the changes don't you <laughs> absolutely and is there um, anything that you've been reading and enjoying recently? Uh, Lucy, I'll start with you, that you want to mention and give a shout out to? I just read and loved the new one by Ellie Griffiths um, called The Last Remains. It's, well, I don't know if it's going to be the final, final book about Dr. Ruth Galloway. She's saying it's the last for now. I think there's been like 15 or something of them. So if you've not read one of this series, don't start with this one because um, <laughs> what's great about it, it's, I mean, it's brilliant if you're a fan like me because um, throughout the book she references so many of the other cases that Ruth Galloway has solved um, or been part of. So it's really brilliant. It's a bit like the greatest hits where you're like, oh my God, yeah, that was a good story. Um, and it ends so satisfyingly because... Oh, I don't want to give too much away if you don't know the series. I just want you to come to it fresh. But there has, over the course of the books, you've seen people be born and fall in love and split up. And, you know, you really come to know and love the characters, especially Ruth and Nelson, the two main ones, I'd say. Yeah, it was, it was great. She writes so well, I think. Really great stories, great characters. So it was, it's always just like, oh, brilliant. What's Ruth up to now going back to one of her books? So really <laughs> recommend that. And I'm, I'm a bit sorry that it's ended for now. But, you know, I'm hopefully they might come back. <laughs> Ellie, if you're listening, I'm ready for more. <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah. Dom. Come on, let's sort this out now. <laughs> I, I have to say, I agree with you. I, I was lucky enough to get a proof of that book just before Christmas. And um, having spent quite a lot of time with Ellie, you know, interviewing her at various 
literary festivals and stuff over the years i feel like i've sort of been part of the ruth journey through through mm. you know, talking about her with with elliot various things but it is so sad it, it's like it, it it's sad to think it might be the last and yet and yet there's something really lovely about it the way she's done it yeah and i think you're absolutely right lucy anyone listening who's maybe goes oh yeah i think i've heard of ellie griffiths i don't know if i've heard you should just start at the beginning <laughs> of the ruth galloway series right because it's so worth it and also how lucky you've got 15 books to get through oh the dream yeah Do you know what i have to say so many people have recommended her books to me lucy you might have been one of them at one stage um, <laughs> but it's the fact that there are so many i get a bit daunted by things like box sets I think, what if I read the first one and I love it? I haven't got time to read 15. Um, so it sort of panics me a bit and I get a bit flustered. But uh... Well, what I'd say to that, Jill, is because I completely understand where you're coming from and I agree. But rather than approaching it as a binge, I would just, I would maybe start with the first one, see how you get on with it. And then oh. you can just trip, feed them in. No, I can't. No, oh. I can't. <laughs> I'm scared that I'll love it as much as everyone says I will. So then I won't be able to stop and I'll read the next one and the next one. And my editor will say, where's your book, Jill? Why haven't you written it? It's all Yeah. (laughs) And what have you, have you managed to read it uh, much recently, Jill? Is there anything that you've read and enjoyed recently you want to shout out? Well, it's probably a little bit annoying because this book isn't out yet, but um, I was, I got, the, the new Lisa Jewell one, None of This is True, which I think comes out in July. And I got it on Friday. I sent it on Friday and I spent all day on sat- on Saturday reading the whole thing. That's quite rare for me to be able to do that. But uh, I love Lisa's books. I've read every single one of them. And this one, I, I just think everyone she writes is, is better than the previous one. I completely and- agree. And yeah, this one is just astonishing. It's so, so good. Oh. And I heard her speaking in a podcast about it, another podcast, a while back. And she said it normally takes her like a year to write a book. And she sort of slows and plods along. And this time, this book just absolutely poured out of her. And she wrote it so quickly, not in her usual way at all, without sort of planning or anything. She just wrote it. So I'm furiously jealous of that because I'm waiting for that to happen to me because I'm a bit of <laughs> tortoise uh, when it comes to writing books. But I really, when it does come out, it's going to be such a massive book. Great. And I, lo- I mean, I'm with you, oh, firstly, on just the love of Lisa Jewell. I think she's absolutely fantastic. And I, it's very funny you say that because just the other day, I had the pleasure of doing an event with Jojo Moyes, who's another big Lisa yeah. Jewell fan and friend. And she said the same thing. She said every book is just just gets better with her. And it's so amazing. Yeah. Yes. So we'll look out for this then in coming in the summer, the new Lisa mm-hmm, Jewell. Yeah. I'm sure there's a pre-order link buzzing around oh, soon. Enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, thank you both for those uh, brilliant recommendations. And it's time for another now because it's time for the book off where each of you gets three minutes uninterrupted if you want it to tell us about a book you love and you think that everyone should read now i'm very conscious of not saying to anyone to pick their favorite book i think having a favorite book is probably an impossibility i certainly don't have one and i can never choose one so this is just a book that you have have loved maybe you've read it more than once and it's a book that you want to put into everyone's hands before we find out what each of you is pitching we just got to go through a little bit of admin we always say the person who's traveled the furthest gets to choose if they're going first or second now i have a feeling I could be wrong that Jill has travelled technically through this Zoom call the furthest. But where are you, Lucy? I'm in Bath. <laughs> and Jill's in so, Bristol, right? Bristol is yeah. a bit further west, yeah. So I think I think Jill has pipped it on this occasion, which means, Jill, you can choose if you want to go first or if you want to see what Lucy's got and then go second. Um, I'll go first and get it over with. <laughs> Very good. Step up to the plate. I like that. Uh, and that means, Lucy, you get the choice of either the bicycle horn or the school bell uh, to be ringing or honking you out at your three minute mark. Which of those would you like? Um, I will go for the bicycle horn, please. The horn. OK, that means you get the bell then, Jill. Now, as I said, you don't have to use all of your three minutes, but if you're still talking at the three minute mark, I'll be cutting you down in your prime with a bit of bell action um so before we start the uh clock just tell us first of all jill which book you're putting forward please i have gone with um riders by jilly cooper oh fabulous i don't think anyone's oh. anyone's pitched to jilly cooper before this is wonderful news no okay. i checked i did a <laughs> check beforehand because oh you're very good had riders. was it daisy had uh, um riders uh, rivals i mean rivals. rivals yes yes that's right but not riders correct no. well done well it's three minutes on the clock then and over to you to tell us all about riders okay right <clears throat> well i must start by saying i'm the hugest jilly cooper fan um she changed my life because i don't think if if it hadn't been for her i wouldn't have become a writer i loved her columns when she first started writing for the sunday times and i loved her little books but reading Riders, the first, it was a really fat book. Well, it still is a really fat book. <laughs> um, and it was just a complete revelation because it threw me into a world that I didn't really know existed. I wanted to belong to that world. I wanted to become one of these glamorous, lovely, horsey people. Her characterization is just 
faultless, absolutely faultless. Um, the the puns, the comedy, the com I didn't know that there could be that kind of comedy in a contemporary book back then when I first read um, this book. And um, her descriptive passages are amazing. That's something I'm really bad at myself. I don't like writing about sort of countryside and flowers and things, um, but she does it so beautifully. You want to be there. It made me, um, it's all about horses. I don't, I've never been on a horse in my life, I, even though I lived in a horsey village. Um, it's had so much drama, so much excitement, so much glamour. The, the iconic bad boy hero, Rupert Campbell Black, nobody, I just think nobody's ever written a better hero. And he's so naughty and so wicked and so lovely to read about. <laughs> I have no idea how far into my three minutes I am, <laughs> but the fact that it's such a huge book means you can carry on reading forever. I've probably, I haven't read it for a very long time, but I know I used to reread it when I used to be a rereader and it never failed to entertain me. The, the, the drama, the um, excitement of the final episodes um, at the Olympics, um, it almost made me want to watch Olympic show jumping, which is a, an incredible thing. <laughs> um, I just think she's a heroine of mine. She always has been. And before I was even published, um, I was invited along to the British Book Awards and I was a nobody. I was introduced to her and I mentioned that I couldn't get home to the next morning because of the snow. And she offered for me to come and live, stay at her house that night so that I could get back to Bristol the next morning from there. I wasn't able to do it because I couldn't be late for work and I couldn't get from her house. But she offered me that when she was everything and I was a complete nobody. And I just think, what a kind, everybody says how lovely she is. Obviously she is because I'm, I had that experience. So she's lovely and she deserves to win. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well done, Jill. Oh, I love that. Uh, we'll come back and talk about uh, Jilly and indeed riders in a little bit more detail. But you can have a breather now. Have a sip of tea and, uh, <coughs> and take a moment because it's time for Lucy to step up. And before we start your three minutes, Lucy, tell us the book that you're putting forward, please. Um, mine is One Good Turn by Kate Atkinson. Oh, fantastic. All righty. I'm putting three minutes back on the clock then. It's over to you. Hello to tell us all about One Good Turn. <laughs> okay, One Good Turn is the second in the Jackson Brody series by Kate Atkinson. But if you haven't read the first one, Case Histories, don't worry, you don't need to have read it. But it is brilliant, so read that too. Um, one Good Turn is set in Edinburgh one summer. It's the time of the festival and the city is full of tourists, performers and quite a few wrong-uns. Former detective Jackson is there with his girlfriend, Julia, who's acting in this terrible sounding fringe performance. And while she's rehearsing, he's left to his own devices. He witnesses a violent road rage incident that gets out of hand. And then he stumbles on the dead body of a woman out by the coast. Before he knows it, he's unwittingly caught up in all sorts of criminal shenanigans. There's a huge cast of characters, but what I think is so brilliant about Kate Atkinson is that she describes her characters with such humanity and precision, you just feel like you know them within a few sentences. Um, Jackson himself is sarcastic, he's impulsive, um, he's extremely likable, often finding himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
Then there's the frankly wonderful Louise Monroe, who's a detective sergeant. She's also a frazzled single mum, worried that her 14-year-old boy Archie's going off the rails. Spoiler alert, she doesn't know the half. Um, Louise doesn't take kindly to Jackson getting involved in her investigation. He even ends up as a murder suspect at one point. And the dynamic between them, it's sort of like deep irritation meets fancying each other. It's really satisfying to read. Um, elsewhere, there's mild-mannered Martin, who also gets dragged into events, much to his alarm. He's this weedy <laughs> crime writer whose fictional detective has always had a much more exciting life than him. Well, until now, anyway. Um, there's this brilliant recurring joke where his, I think it's his literary agent, has mistakenly put out that Martin used to be a monk. So he's always being asked about his former life in the monastery. And obviously Kate Atkinson, like all authors, has been asked many times, oh, where do you get your ideas from? Because pretty much everyone Martin meets in the book is asking him this question. Um, finally, there's Gloria, whose husband, is, Graham, is in intensive care following a heart attack. Graham had told his secretary he was having a meeting with his accountant, but actually was in a hotel room with Tatiana, a Russian escort, and that's where the heart attack happened. Sitting at his bedside, Gloria gets talking to Tatiana and realises there's an awful lot she didn't know about her husband. So there are loads of different characters and storylines, but they do all fit together like the pieces of a puzzle, or in fact, um, like a Russian doll, actually. There are, and there are lots of Russian dolls throughout this story. Um, oh, I was gonna say, some, somehow or other, she just brings everything together really brilliantly and cleverly. It's funny, it's so pacey. There are loads of great twists that you don't see coming. And in fact, even the very last line, there is this amazing twist uh, once again. And Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was I was holding on waiting for the last line there. I feel bad for cutting you off, Lucy. But... That's okay, that's okay. That was your three, and what a wonderful three minutes it was. Well done. Two fabulous pictures. I do love it when there's so much to say about the books that, that they, they go over the three minutes. I think that is testament to, to the books that are being pitched. Have a little rest yourself, Lucy, after that. Wow. That was, oh, look exhausted. Jill, let's talk about Julie Cooper then, who is uh, an absolute marvel. First of all, what a great story that you were at the British Book Awards and then she offered you just like a place to stay. I just think, wow, that's amazing. In her lovely house. It's like, and I'm trying to think if Brad Pitt offered me, I couldn't have been more thrilled. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I, I, it was just the most amazing thing, but I, I had to be able to get to work by nine o'clock in the morning in the hospital. So I had to say no. Oh, um, shame. But how lovely of her to do that. Really lovely. Yeah. Wow. And I love that you almost, you started the pitch with saying, you know, that Ginny Cooper sort of changed your life, really, that perhaps for her, if it hadn't been for her, you wouldn't have become a writer. And what a wonderful thing to be able to, to state for another author. Yeah, oh, is... absolutely. Yes. I, did, I didn't know anybody could write like that. And I thought that feels like how I could write. And of course, we, we have our completely different styles, mm. but it's the the characters, the, the mix of humour and sadness exactly. and everything. Um, I just I just find it so compelling and amazing and yeah. brilliant. Just brilliant. The, her puns and, and the sort of com, the comedy in in the books are just, as you said, I think in the pitch, they're faultless, really. And so, sometimes so unexpected. And you're right about the sort of iconic bad boy hero i mean an absolute pleasure to read and probably one of the best that there's been in fiction do you think 
Absolutely, yes. And I think everybody used to read it thinking, oh, maybe I could be the one to tame him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, of course, he does meet somebody who tames him. And uh, and it's like the miracle that we all wanted to happen with ourselves. Yes. <laughs> but it happens to Taggy in the book. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read it. But I, I did absolutely love that pitch jill and i absolutely love the book as well um and i love yours too lucy i don't know one good turn I, i've read quite a bit of kate actor but i have not read this i know shock oh, you're in for a but treat obviously i have written it down here on the end growing <laughs> list of books that joe has to read because he's got his own podcast where people recommend books i love the setup of this i love the idea that it's in you know in edinburgh during the festival which anyone who's been will know is an absolutely mad time anyway and when it's edinburgh is at its its most edinburghish and i loved how you said that she describes her characters in just a few sentences and yet you feel after that that you sort of know them completely and what a skill i do think that's one of her strong points you know she has many and i love the cast of characters you you mentioned here jackson himself and then this mild-mannered uh, crime writer called martin and gloria and her husband and everything and you think you know when you're weaving this many characters in a book they have to come together uh there has to be a reason and i think by the sounds of it she does that absolutely perfectly and yeah it sounds as you described it brilliant and clever and pacey and a bit of humour as well. So this is an Atkinson I definitely have to read. Thank mm. you for putting it on the map uh, and giving it to my attention. Um, oh my goodness! Well, I just uh, I just thought both of these pictures were ace, um, and I I knew that you both probably had a li- little bit more to say even before I cut you off. Um, for the for the shift for the shift act, she's obviously just an absolute legend and lovely person and we wouldn't have jill mansell without her i'm going to take the jimmy (laughs) (laughs) just pipped it there i think um and i think everyone should read riders if they haven't because what a fabulous book and actually it does make me think um i think when daisy was talking about rivals i did think gosh i don't think i've read many more uh Jilly Cooper books but she's got loads isn't she and it's like why don't yeah. I why am I not going back and you know going through the backlist there uh, a bit like one might do with Ellie Griffiths um in a different sort of genre way uh, I love both of those thank you so much and thank you very much for being here on the podcast um Promise Me by Jill Mansell is out now it's published by Headline and The Best Days of Our Lives by Lucy Diamond is also out now and that's published by Quirkus and I can highly recommend both of these brilliant books we need some feel good in our lives i think it's been a pleasure speaking to you both thanks so much for joining me thank oh, you Jan. thank you it's been brilliant it's been fantastic i hope we can catch up in real life soon that would be That'll lovely be lovely <laughs> When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.